Well, good afternoon, everybody. My goodness, do we have a jam-packed show for you. We are we have guests galore. For example, we have Drake with us. Drake, uh, do you enjoy being on this program? Well, no, I don't feel that way, but I am glad that you are here. I'm also uh, excited that uh, Mike Babcock, Coach Babcock, is with us. Uh, Mike... Uh, Enjoy the fact that you're here. What? Why did you come in today? You got to do what you're supposed to do. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sad loss last night. I think everybody, you know, in Leafs Nation, and it goes beyond Leafs Nation because we're bandwagon here. Uh, you know, you had that feeling there in the comeback in the last period where you thought to yourself, "Can we just get some retribution? Can we just say, oh, hey?" That three-gold lead of yours that looks nice, it'd be a pity if something would happen to it. Because with Boston, I mean, I think we all felt that yesterday. And then when we lose, what's happened? I mean, what happens? Who are we going to blame? Are we going to blame the players? Are we going to blame the coach? Drake, what about you? I want to do something that has maybe nothing to do with music. You mean like come to games and put on jerseys and then everybody loses? Is is that what you have? I want to make I want to make this the city proud. Well, so far, dude, every time you put on one of our jerseys, things do not go well. Mike Babcock, I just before I move on to the actual news of the day, it is the Easter weekend. I'm just wondering with Drake here, any kind of advice you might have. We just made some mistakes. We pinched when we shouldn't have. All right. So take that with you. Do not pinch when you should not over the course of this weekend. Of course, we have the Easter weekend right here. So excited about that. But that does not mean that the news stops. No, Siri, Bob. Can we go back to court? I want to take you back to the Ontario Superior Court, where this is where the final day of these arguments over uh, the carbon tax. And of course, it's as dull as dull can be. There's no questions about that, but it has a significant impact on what's going to happen in this province and what's going to happen federally. So what the lawyers in court today are saying that the feds have no choice but to tackle greenhouse gas emissions because of how global warming will affect Canada's indigenous people. They're playing the indigenous card. Lawyers for First Nations groups made their argument in support of the carbon tax in the Court of Appeal, where the provincial government is arguing that the legislation is unconstitutional. The lawyers say Ottawa's carbon price law helps them protect. Can we go to court yet? Again, see, this is where Cersei Lannister, I, I just suspect, a little wildfire under the courts. That's a little GOT. Yes, our lawyers are damn good. The lawyers are good. It's going to depend on which ones are the best. That is underway. We'll try and get you some audio. I mean, don't kill yourself. Rebecca is my producer because it's not that important. This is what I do on the show, you see, is I just go, hey, why don't we just get that live feed from outer space? That carbon tax thing is uh, still underway, and we're going to... Keep you informed about that. The other thing that's happening provincially, you may have heard this uh, new proposal to allow pharmacists to prescribe, prescribe treatments for minor health issues. The PC is saying that in the recent budget, it intends to expand the scope of practice for certain regulated health professionals like pharmacists, nurse practitioners, dental specialists. I, 
Do, do you want your dental specialist to be able to do, like, he, this is where it gets tricky, right? It gets tricky. So you say, I'm going in for some dental work. And he's like, you know, I think you've got append- appendicitis. And my scope of practice has just been expanded. Um, so let me just get out the drill, get you some Novocaine, and that appendix is gone. No, I, uh, the minister saying uh, less serious ailments like skin rashes or a flu vaccine to children under five, that could be included in pharmacist's scope of practice. So th- that is interesting. I want to bring in, do we have the counselor with us? We, we have Counselor Mike Cole. Counselor Mike Cole is with us. Uh, counselor, did you watch the game last night, by the way? Uh, no, I, I didn't, Alan. Uh, I um, find it too nerve-wracking uh, seeing Toronto play Boston. I rather I turned on the baseball game, in fact. The baseball game. Do you, do you blame Drake at all for what's happening? Uh, too much Drake in this town. Yes, they down? Yeah. I'm not a Drake fan, really. You, what? You're not, <laughs> you're not down with the six god? All right, let's get on to the, what we're actually talking about here, which is uh, liquor licensing, and this is a story in the Star today. Mike, uh, can you just give me a sense of what's going on in terms of liquor licensing in this city? Well, Alan, the, the thing I'm trying to deal with is that we've got you know these outlier bars. They're the minority, a small minority of bars, but they're the ones that almost continually... Uh, you know, are a menace to the local community, uh, are a menace to the police that have to visit these places over and over again, and and uh, the police don't even have any power to close the bar down. And uh, so it's just gotten to the point where I'm saying, let's give the Alcohol and Gaming Commission, the provinces, getting some teeth so they can, you know, uh, based on what the police evidence is, based on how many complaints they've got over, sometimes this happens over years, let's suspend the license, let's take away a license of these bad actors so that... Bad actors, you're blaming the, well, you're blaming the bar owners here for the, yeah, the violence that yeah. happens from their patrons? Sometimes yeah, it happens yeah. outside the bar. Come on, Mike. Yeah, they do, because what happens if it happens over three or four years of shootings and prostitution and, uh, you know, all kinds of... Uh, uh, you know, crazy behavior. I do blame the uh, the bar owner. With the recent proposals in the budget, there are significant changes to alcohol legislation being proposed. So, if if there's a, if there's a time to do this sort of thing, it's now because the government says it's going to open up that legislation. Have you had conversations with the province about this? No, no, I haven't. But uh, I think with the opening up of the. Uh, Ours, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm not uh, ag- against that, but I'm just saying, at least let's make sure that uh, along with the license comes some supervision, some responsibility on, on the part of the people who have the license. And as I said, uh, Alan, it just is really these outliers that you know sap everybody's energy and you know uh, continually uh, sort of. Uh, uh, you know, cause, uh, you know, real danger in a, in a community. And uh, we shouldn't let these outliers basically not have any sanctions or any accountability. Mike Cole is a counselor at C- Toronto City Council. Thank you so much for being on the program, Mike. Thanks, Alan.
That is going to be difficult to push through. I understand where the counselor is coming from, but difficult when you're talking about private business because then you have a you have a whole thing where you're going to have to have a process in there where a government can come in and say, well, wait a minute, you are a quote-unquote bad actor, as Mike said. I want to quickly talk about this. This, is, this struck me and made me laugh so much. Do you think Canadians have accents? Do we have an accent? When you when you see like an SNL skit or some kind of comedy skit and they're doing Canadian accents and you think to yourself, that is ludicrous. We do not sound like that. We don't sound like that at all. Well, last night we clipped a guy outside the Leaf game and I thought to myself, that dude's a Canadian. It's insane. All heart and soul. He's all about the Leafs. Scores goals, blocks shots, makes passes, everything you got to do to win. Let's go. It's go time. It's time. This is our game. Ours. Oh, it's go time. I just, I, you know what? You could be anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, and you're sitting down and you're having a drink and you hear that from over, and you think, that, that dude's a Canadian. You can spot that guy from a mile away. I know a bunch of people that talk like that, that back at I, home. I just, I love it. I, you know what? And, and you're going to say, oh, come on, dude. You're mocking, you elitist clown. I'm not mocking. I just think that's awesome. That's great. When we come back, we got a, a, a big show ahead. We're going to talk about what Canadians think about uh, environmentalism and this whole Earth Day stuff. And, you know, are you saying to yourself, hey, you know what? The planet's going circling the, the toilet anyway. Forget it. I'm going to toss out uh, everything. I'm going to burn tires. I don't care. That's what I'm going to do. Mike back, uh, coach, coach, quickly, coach. What is it uh, that, that uh, we should not do this weekend? We just made some mistakes. We pinched when we shouldn't have. Don't pinch when you shouldn't. We're back in a moment. Pinch me. Pinch me. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being with us here on the uh, eve of a long weekend. I hope you are uh, being able to see family this weekend, which which was nice for most. Uh, and then whether or not you have Monday off. And, of course, some of us do and some of us don't. I'll be here like most of us have to work except for the kids. And then you got to think to yourself, well, now how? what am I going to do with the kids? What am I going to do with the kids? You know what we're doing all um, all hour here? is we're getting advice, and we have some great advice here from Mike Layton, who is a Toronto City Councillor. He joins us now. Uh, Mike. Uh, well, you got to know when to fold them. you got to know when to walk away. And you got to know when to run. Thank you. It is Mike Layton. Yeah, Kenny really sums it up. The defeat of uh, NDP leader Rachel Notley in Alberta's election means there will soon be no women premiers in Canada. Women made up nearly half provincial and territorial leaders in 2013, but those ranks have thinned as a succession of female premiers have lost re-election bids. Political pundits wonder if the defeats are part of a trend rooted in negative assumptions about women leadership. Is that true? Is gender a factor here? The list of women leaders defeated in recent years include... Christy Clark in British Columbia, Alison Redford in Alberta, Kathleen Wynne in Ontario, Pauline Marois in Quebec, and the list goes on. 
Kim Wright is a principal at Wright Strategies and joins me on the line. Hi, Kim. Hi, Alan. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here. When I read that list out, do you think to yourself, politics or gender? Well, it's a bit of both. Uh, I've been involved in politics since 1990, and there has been a lot of women leaders, women candidates. There are a lot of things that get said about women in politics uh, that you don't hear about the men folk, if you will, uh, whether it's they're wearing that outfit, they're wearing that outfit again, can't they get their hair cut, uh, you know, those types of uh, visual cues. But then there's, well, women can't handle the thrust and jab of politics, they're irrational and all of that. But what I've seen time and time again are some of, uh, some of great women leaders who have been probably the most rational in the face of some pretty uh, intense public scrutiny, and certainly that's been enhanced on social media. And things I've heard people say about women in politics, you don't often hear about the men, but that's part of the evolution. And But I, I, let me just break in there, yeah. because I think it's absolutely clear that we judge women on different sets of standards, and that, that goes across all professions it, yeah. and 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 we can let's just put that to the side yeah. because that happens mm-hmm. i think my question is here is is it inherently the gender and a, a reluctance of us as a population to have a female leader that causes you know one and done pretty much on all of these premiers yeah, I, I think it's becoming more and more normal to have women leaders and uh, and people are getting to that place. I'm not sure we're quite there yet to have sort of both the combination for Rachel Motley was being a new Democrat in Alberta who is also a woman leader. Uh, but what we ter- heard time and time again was that she was respected. She just they just didn't want to vote for they her don't her like party. her politics and I guess this is but this is the central thing here that that I think bothers a lot of people when this sort of thing comes up which is wait a second we judged based on merit we and the fact that they were women premiers probably has a lot more to do with look at I look at it read the Clark Redford win all somewhat to the left of the center in those particular places in their parties, and yeah. that's why they lost. It's a it's a conservative wave, not an anti women wave. Well, it, it is a question uh, to be asked, but it how do we ensure that people are becoming more and more involved in politics? And there is a cynicism that has uh, again reared its head. Uh, you know, as we saw how the prime minister handled the SNC Lavalin scan, a scandal where it was these two women. And they are the ones that are causing issues, as opposed to having a broader conversation about whether or not it was verging on obstruction of justice and pressure. It was maybe they just couldn't handle the thrust of politics. And I think that's uh, I, I don't think that's how you bring more women to the table and women as part of the conversation. They're just finding different ways to have an outlet. Uh, but that being said, I think there are some extraordinary women candidates that, that I've seen over the years in, at all three levels of government. Uh, and, and I think things like uh, organizations like Equal Voice and their Daughters of the Vote program and are, are helping give women a, a broader set of tools to handle some of the uh, significant scrutiny on social media, but also giving them a voice in politics and showing that it should be the norm and not the exception. Kim Wright is a principal at Wright Strategies. Thank you so much for being with us, Kim. You're very welcome, and thanks for having me. And, you know, I can say just from personal experience covering, I mean, regardless of how you felt about her politics, and people felt very strongly about her politics, 
I have never seen in my years of covering politicians someone work any harder than Kathleen Wynne. Just hustle. Just hustle like crazy. I, now, I'm not taking anything away from, from Doug Ford, who does the same. He he really does uh, the the same sort of thing. I just haven't been with him on tour, not since the election, so I haven't seen him really in, in play uh, as premier the way I did with Kathleen Wynne. I want to quickly go to uh, Reggie Cicchini, who is a global news correspondent who's on the line now from Washington. I believe you're in Washington. Reggie, are, are you there? I am. I am. Okay, good. Uh, let's quickly go through this. Mueller, why do I care? Well, because there are a lot of things that uh, were said in this report that have not been said by the Attorney General, and most of that is linked to this uh, this case around obstruction with the President. Inside this 400-page report that a lot of people are still trying to dig through right now, uh, the 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 uh, special counsel basically says that obstruction was almost basically in front of them on the table, but they decided that they couldn't make a judgment on that, and that likely has to do with the fact that there's a long-standing policy to not indict a sitting President. So this is our first kind of real glimpse into that uh, evidence that doesn't really exonerate the president that he believes himself to be fully exonerated from. And obviously, in, in uh, the the president saying today that this is another exoneration, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion. Just give me a sense of the political damage you might think that it does heading into a re-election for President Trump. Well, for President Trump's base, this is not going to be anything for them to pay attention to at all. They've been with Trump since the beginning. They're going to continue to be uh, with him. That 40% base that he has, that will continue with him into 2020. It's the Republicans they're going to have to watch out now. There's a lot of uh, Republicans that are up for election next year. If they choose to stand and toe line with the president, uh, that could put them in some hot water when it comes to uh, the electorate next year. So Republicans are the ones who really have to watch out going forward. Democrats are already going to have the uh, support of their base, as well as potential moderate independents who have been leaning in towards this report to see what happens with it. So when you say that, Reggie, this is where I think you lose a lot of us. And I don't mean you in particular, because you're you're a fantastic journalist and a head of hair on you, too, that (laughs) is remarkable. If you get a chance to ever meet Reggie or see him on TV, my goodness, sir, that is remarkable flow. But my point is that it is not moving the needle, and then everybody just kind of says, well, why have we just tied ourselves in a knot over all of this? And it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day anyway. Well, this could make a difference if you're a Democrat, because when we think back to 2016, they had a candidate that was that they were voting for that they might not have really been into. uh, Speaking of Hillary Clinton, if there is a new Democratic candidate that comes forward that has a lot of support behind them, that is able to rail up their base, rile up their base, rile up some independence around them, that could be what they need to push Donald Trump from office. This report isn't going to change the mind of the people who already support Trump. And for two years, that 40 percent base hasn't gone anywhere. He's had a hard time getting new votes in. This could be an opportunity for the Democrats to pick up potentially, say, 60% of the vote. This could be a make or break for the Democrats going forward. Reggie Cicchini is a global news correspondent in Washington. Reggie, always great to have you on. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, sir. You know who else has a just a magnificent head of hair? A ma- Mike Coach Babcock. That is, what, how much product do you put in there? How much time? I hear you spend a lot of time on your hair. You got to do what you're supposed to do. Well, okay, fine. Well, what I'm supposed to do is go to break, and when we come back, some exclusive polling from Ipsos about how Canadians feel about Earth Day and environmentalism, and it is going to be illuminating, I guarantee it. Mike Layton, last word to you on this segment. Well, you got to know when to fold them. you got to know when to walk away. And you got to know when to run. 
Time to run. Back in a moment. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for count. When the dealing's done. Welcome back to the uh, big radio program, and thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Earth Day is coming up. I should probably know what ta- what day it is, but I don't, and I don't care. I don't, you know, there's a day for everything, and I don't know when Earth Day is. Rebecca, do you know when Earth Day is? You're kind of a crunchy I always granola. know it's my son's birthday. On the issue of national... What? Who was that? Oh, is that the feed from the court? <laughs> That's the uh, Superior Court just bleeding in there uh, as uh, the uh, arguments are wrapping up on the carbon tax. So you, you know when Earth Day is? Yes. Are you going to tell us? <laughs> I don't even know if you can hear me. Can you hear yeah, me? I can. We can hear you. Let oh, us fantastic. Know. Yeah, I know when Earth Day is because my uh, son's birthday is on Earth Day. So uh, I'm don't, way don't bogart the, I Just tell us when Earth Day I don't care. <laughs> it's what? tomorrow, yo. Yo, it's tomorrow. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Get to the, I'm lying to you. It's the 22nd. <laughs> you don't know when your kid's birthday is. is sad. This is what happens when you're... Mike Coleridge is president of Public Affairs candidate Ipsos and uh, has conducted some polling for Global and has some exclusive new polling, and he's probably wondering to himself, I thought this radio program was a serious journalistic thing, and what is going on with these clowns? But, Mike, nevertheless, good to have you on the radio program. Thank you. I'm just happy to be here to celebrate Rebecca's son's birthday. <laughs> Do you know when that is? Because she seemed... Oh, okay. All right. I appreciate... That's nice. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, what did you find about what Canadians believe and think about environmentalism? So what we found is when you look at the, the overall issue set of the Canadians look at, environment, the economy, um, climate change and environmental issues have, have climbed into the top five. So about 19% of Canadians rank it as one of their top three issues overall. Behind healthcare, which is a perennial number one issue, and then a bundle of issues, the economy, housing, taxes, that when you talk to Canadians all have to do with affordability, pocketbook issues, their day-to-day lives. Um, globally, when we ask Canadians and uh, citizens in 26 other countries about the top three environmental issues, so just focusing on the environmental issues, um, Canadians rank um, climate change, global warming, much higher than the global average. In fact, we only trail uh, Japan, Spain, and Germany of all the countries. At, so 48% of Canadians say it's a top three um, uh, environmental issue versus only 37% globally. Um, and interestingly, very close behind that is an issue that um, we don't talk a lot about. I mean, climate change is dominated. There was, a, there was just an ad as we were coming in for the price on pollution. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Was that, was, was, that one of the, was that one of the PC ones? It was one of the government of Canada, so it was oh, on, uh, on the way into this segment. Because I, I just want to quickly just mention to our our, our audience is this is how we uh, this is how we're not the CBC. This is how we take your tax dollar. We take your tax dollar that way, as opposed to direct funding like the CBC. But but please, please Mike, go on. Yeah. Um, so the second issue for Canadians in terms of environmental issues, very close to climate change, is uh, dealing with the amount of waste we generate at forty three percent. So they're really one two. There's a second tier of issues, including energy resort, future energy, overpackaging consumer goods, wildlife conservation, those kind of things. But really, one, two for Canadians is climate change, and obviously there's tons of media and political coverage and discussion of it, and dealing with waste uh, and how we generate household waste and personal waste. 
I, and we don't have a lot of time, but here, here's the summation I think that I always have, which is pollsters always tell us that, you know, healthcare is the number one thing, blah, 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 blah. But that at the ballot box, often that is not the thing that motivates people to vote. No. Um, so, I mean, that's why there's, there's a debate about how we tackle. So Canadians are very concerned about climate change. What we haven't agreed on is how we go about it and who should be responsible for it and who we trust to take forward those solutions, which is why we're seeing what we're seeing follow politically. But even health care, so the health care, the economy, housing, taxes, are all bundling in an issue set for Canadians around affordability. Health care has obviously got a personal issue, but people are looking down the road and saying, well, will I be able to afford prescription drugs? What's going to happen? And those affordability issues, as you said, are going to be the things that most likely form the ballot question. So while climate change has come up and it's getting, getting airplay and people are taking awareness and people are concerned, it doesn't have the same salience or level of urgency uh, that that other bundle of issues around how do I how do have real pocketbook issues? How do I find pay for my home? How do I cover my taxes, heat bills, right. food, etc.? Mike Holridge is president of uh, Public Affairs Canada, Ipsos, and great to have you on the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much, and have a great day. I just want to quickly throw it over to Drake, who is our guest throughout uh, the hour. Drake, uh, do you care about the planet? Is that something that you think about? Yeah, I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. All right. Next up, Brett Belchitz, who is uh, a doctor and emergency physician and uh, is often on this radio program. And I'm happy to have him. Brett, how you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Do you think Drake is a curse on uh, sports teams? <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not going to comment on that one. What? You're not going to? You're not? You're, well, Drake? Are you stupid? Are you dumb? You should probably weigh in. <laughs> what I'm going to ask you about, Brett, is this proposal to allow pharmacists to prescribe treatments for minor health issues. You are a doctor. You went to school probably longer than pharmacists, I'm not sure, but probably deep down inside you hate pharmacists and you don't want this to happen. Am I right? Uh, you're not right that I hate pharmacists. I actually quite like pharmacists and I, and I respect them deeply. And uh, in terms of schooling, you know, they actually do go to school for a similar length of time, at least the core schooling, a similar length of time to, to uh, you know, the length of time that we spend in medical school. Uh, but do I hate this idea? Yes, I do. And uh, the reason for that is that pharmacists are trained very, very differently from a physician, and they are not trained to diagnose medical conditions. And this idea of having them treat minor conditions and prescribe for minor conditions uh, is really based on the assumption that they actually adequately know how to diagnose a minor condition and differentiate a minor condition from a major condition. And this just isn't training that they've received. So it concerns me greatly, and I think there, there's certainly a, a large amount of chance that the public will be exposed to some danger from this. I just want to read from uh, Canadian Press to you, um, Doc. This is uh, the CP covering the Elliot, Ms. Christine Elliott, the health minister's press conference today, says a health minister says dealing with less serious ailments such as skin rashes or giving the flu vaccine to children under five could be included in pharmacist scope of practice. Is there anything in there that you think that that is object objectionable? Well, well, you know, giving flu shots, uh, you know, I think that that's a pretty routine procedure with, with very clear criteria for who should get them and who shouldn't. And I think that that's probably fine. I wouldn't really worry about that. And, you know, I've seen lots of flu shot clinics all over the place. So that I don't worry about. Skin rashes is a bit of a different story. Um, you know, when I look at a skin rash, yes, the vast majority of them are nothing to worry about and, and are a minor condition. But Many skin rashes are representative of much more serious illness and can be the first manifestation of many other more serious conditions. And so, 
you know, I'll, again, I'll reiterate the fact that pharmacists, you know, while they very much know the medications and they know how the human body works and how those medications will work, they have not been trained on how to examine a patient or diagnose conditions. So there's a very good chance somebody with a serious illness could be misdiagnosed, uh, you know, when the pharmacist is going in and looking at this and assuming it's a minor condition. And, you know, the analogy that, that I like to give here is, you know, giving pharmacists the ability to prescribe, uh, you know, because they work in the healthcare field is sort of like giving airline mechanics all of a sudden the ability to fly the planes because they work in the aviation. Our, field. Our, our, our doc, right now there is a group of pharmacists outside the radio station with placards and yeah. pitchforks coming for us because I think they would I think they would say that that's not an accurate uh, description of their level of expertise but I'll, I'll leave it there doc you thank you so much for being with us expertise. no but thank you very much for having me I always always appreciate having them on we got to go to break now uh, but first a quick a quick uh, weigh in with uh, coach Babcock you got to do what you're supposed to do you got to do what you're supposed to do back in a moment Is Drake a curse? Drake was at the Leaf game last night, uh, game four, the playoffs between the Leafs and the Bruins. Of course, you saw the video of him. He was uh, sporting the old jersey right there. Uh, and it didn't turn out so well because we lost 6-4. to four. Now, this loss comes two days after Italian soccer team Roma posted a tweet banning players of taking any pictures with Drake. Now, he recently posed for a shot with uh, Paris Saint-Germain's Kurzawa. Kurzawa posted it to Instagram. Two days later, his team lost 5-1. Earlier this year, Drake recorded himself wearing an Alabama sweatshirt, posted to his Instagram story. Uh, They were preparing to take, the team was going to take on Clemson in the 2019 national game, and they lost. In 2015, Serena Williams entered the U.S. Open. The top seed quickly ran through her opposition right into the semifinals, where she faced off an unranked Italian player. Well, the unranked player won. Stunning upset. Guess who was in the? Uh, guess who was sitting there? Drake. Drake was right there. Drake also side by side with Conor McGregor for her first weigh-in for his fight against. And I'm not even going to say it. It was at UFC 236. I don't. It doesn't matter. But Drake gave words of encouragement to McGregor. He had the Irish flag draped over his shoulder, and McGregor took a beating. Is it Drake's fault? Is it? Are you stupid? Are you dumb? Well, Drake. A lot of people are saying that this is the sort of thing that you know don't come to our shows anymore. I want to make. I want to make this the city proud. Well, okay, then maybe the best thing to do for you is not to put a jersey on and sit courtside at the Raptors game on Friday, for example. Do you have any sort of idea of what's going on back home? Yeah, well, uh, yes. Chris Janselitz is with us, and uh, he is a globalnews.ca supervising editor. Do you think that Drake is a curse? So, okay, initially I thought, hmm. This is uh, sort of crazy. I mean, this is taking it to a high level here, saying that uh, Drake has cursed uh, all these Toronto teams. Now, I thought, Alan, there's no way. This curse can't be legit. And then I actually looked into all the examples that you just listed, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're right. <laughs> well, here's, like, remember back when the, uh, the Blue Jays were making their run, that big, uh, the big run, the mm-hmm. bat flip year, and it was an election year. Uh, and I think Harper came to a, a game, Leafs, Ups and Leafs, 
Uh, Jays lost. Uh, then I think Trudeau came to a game. They lost. I can't remember, but whatever, whatever, there was an agreement from all politicians who were currently, you know, going that they would not go to the games and they would not tweet pictures of themselves at the games. And that's probably a good thing because you do not want to have this thing stick with you. How does he get rid of it? At this point, I don't know if Drake's going to be able to. I think the only thing that's going to break this alleged curse is if he does, in fact, go to a game and the Toronto team wins. That's really the only way. Well, let's ask Drake. Uh, are you concerned about this? Do you worry about it? Yeah, I only love my bed and my mom. I'm sorry. That's probably true. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, uh, let's just... Go, let's go. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what to make of this. I kind of feel bad for him, honestly. Do you feel... Because here's the thing. Every time I talk about Drake, and we, we had a, a city councilor on earlier, and I asked about... You just asked him about Drake. He's like, I don't, I don't like Drake. I don't, I don't care for him. And I, this, I don't get this because I don't care if you like his music or not. I, I mean, I like his music, but this is a guy who put this city on his shoulders. And this is a guy that every opportunity he has, he's repping hard for the six. And sure, you can say, oh, don't call it that. It's, you know, T-Dot or what a hogtown, whatever. <laughs> and he's made that up to sell T-shirts or something. But whatever. This is a guy who has put this city on the map. Am I right? You are. You're absolutely right. But here's the thing. This is the traditional pop culture celebrity cycle. So what happens is you love this person out of the gate. You know, Drake's been huge in the city for a decade now, I'd say, roughly and probably a bit more. And what happens is eventually it hits this limit and then all of a sudden it becomes cool to hate. And so it flips almost. So now Drake is almost the butt of a joke at this point. Haters going to hate is what you're saying. Correct. Hate, hate, hate. So I go T-Swift on there. That's right. Okay. Uh, is Drake gonna address it? I mean, this no. is the, the thing that I, this is the thing that, like, sooner or later he's gonna show up. Like, if he shows up on Friday at that Raps game and sits in his seat, are people gonna boo him? It's quite a high possibility. I actually would be surprised that didn't happen. It's in Orlando, so if he shows oh. up in Orlando, true. Yeah, it'll be weird. But I'm it a, might. It I'm, might a, I'm a Raptors fan, and I can't even figure that. Out. I know. I thought you were, but I guess you're not. <laughs> Don't be. That is Rob. That over was cold. There. I'm sorry. That is Rob over there. Rob, I, listen. I got I, I, coach, Coach Babcock. You got to do what you're supposed to do. Okay. Well, I'm going over <laughs> there and I'm going to cross check you in the face because that's that's hockey these days. That's old time hockey. Old time hockey. I'm not superstitious, but I'm I am a little stitious. We're not going to hear from Drake though. We will not hear. Uh, he will not address the curse. You don't think so? No. Drake actually, uh, is, if anything, uh, his publicity team is great. Uh, he tends not to comment any further on stuff re- involving Toronto, unless it's about uh, OVO. This is this is true, and, and this has been consistent through his entire career. His, the level of access that we have to him is very, very limited, very controlled. He is very specific in when he does put things on social media and when he doesn't. And it feels weirdly like he has more of a connection now with U.S., uh, it feels almost like he's a bit of a distance now. Uh, no. he, did, he did put Toronto on the map, I will say. No. 100%. No? No. He's my homie. He's still the sixth he's guy. He's still the homie. He's okay. my guy. I know. Is it, does anybody out there, I, I didn't really solicit for calls. And you know what? I don't care what you have to think. But if you, if you, if you hate Drake, just honk your horn right now. Let's see if I can just, just hang on. I just want to stick my head. If you hate Drake and you don't think he's a good representative of the city, just lay on the horn. Just lay on the horn. I don't hear a thing. It's radio silence. So there you go. 
Uh, Chris, great to have you here. Anytime. Do you want? Hey, Chris, you want to hang out? We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do rip and read. You know what rip and read is? Uh, this you is tell. this is a segment where I just take wire copy from our wire services mm-hmm. and I, I rip it off, and then I just I read it cold. This is a cold read here. I'm gonna do, and I need a fat beat for it. Oh. If you want to hype man me, you're my hype man. Yeah. There we go. We begin in Gainesville, Florida, where a Florida woman heard a noise and saw a man trying to break into her car. She took matters into her own hands. 65-year-old Clarice Ganey of Gainesville tells WGFL that she picked up her softball bat, eased open the door, and then began hitting Antonio Mosley. Ganey says the 5'6", 300-pound man, 300-pound man said, Ow! Gainesville police said Mosley ran to a nearby mobile home park, leaving behind his pants, shirt, and socks. A canine unit tracked him down, and he's now in jail. You do not mess with the 65-year-olds in Florida. Especially Florida. Come on, give me some hype, dude. Come on. Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. McKees Rock, Pennsylvania, authorities say a man sleeping in a dumpster was tossed into the back of a garbage truck as the trash was being emptied, causing him to lose his prosthetic leg. WPXITV reports the incident occurred around 2 a.m. Thursday in McKees Rocks. The truck driver heard the man yelling, called 911. Officials say that he was in the back of the truck. The man realized the prosthetic, prosthetic leg now was missing. He searched for it for about 30 minutes before being ordered to stop. The man did not appear to be injured. Authorities say they're going to continue searching for that missing leg. Missing leg. Victoria. In the Seychelles, a British-led scientific mission has completed a seven-week expedition in the Indian Ocean. This one bores me. I don't care. Jackson County, Tennessee. Authorities say a diver who helped save a youth soccer team from a flooded cave in Thailand last year has himself been rescued from a cave in Tennessee. How about that? Alan! Alan! Uh, Alan! Am I out of time? Alan! Oh, that is the signal for me being out of time. Uh, Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock has the final advice for us about what to do and not to do this Easter weekend. We just made some mistakes. We pinched when we shouldn't have. No pinching when you shouldn't pinch at all. Chris, good to have you here. Anytime at all. Come on, hype me out, dude. Hype me out. Any freaking time. You're amazing. You're an amazing guy. Have a great Easter. Drake. Play you stupid, I eat dumb. See you Monday.